is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host Brandon, Joe, my host Nick, and Dan, and gentlemen, one of our most favorite episodes to do of the year. Nick is anytime we beat up on Spurs, that annoying little cousin down the road, uh, Tottenham, managed by. Former ex-girlfriend Antonio Conte. <laughs> uh, see, uh, the the level of the uh, the Tottenham uh, is maybe uh, not so good. Uh, that's Antonio like Conte. A, yeah. Where where did you come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I got. <laughs> that's the that's it. I think that's probably pretty comprehensive right there. It definitely uh, was worthwhile to take time off work, unlike some of the other Champions League matches, including uh, Zenit and things like that. But instead, Dan, we get to talk about drubbing Tottenham midweek. Uh, Carabao Cup semifinal, leg one of two, super inconvenient, especially the two legs, uh, smashed in between Liverpool and City and other big fixtures. But uh, a lot of rotation, results taken. I mean, it's Spurs, lads. <laughs> That's a Fer- Sir Alex know. Ferguson quote. Look, we, we need to co-opt it because ultimately it's Spurs, it's Chelsea. The outcome is preordained 99.99% of the time when we're not in attendance. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. We're, we can't go to a Spurs game ever again, unfortunately. We are, uh, we're in the bad luck group. Yep. Self-ban imposed. All yep. right, well, let's go ahead and take the temp check. Before we do that, we're going to be run through how Tottenham got battered right on schedule. Saul, good as the subs have themselves today. So, oh, sorry. Saul, good. Saul, good as this. Okay, anyways. And then Alonzo hates Tottenham and more. Uh, so temp check with the three-word match of you. Love getting these from everyone on Discord and social media, Dan. Uh, how are the people feeling? <laughs> no surprise. They are buoyant. After mm. this performance, and Janique starts us off with December is over. Tana gets it on with Saul Slap Spurs. Main are you with it's Saul Goodman? Yeah, mm. great reference there. Mike Williams with the Saul Right, Saul Right, Saul Right. Zarley <laughs> with the Spuds producing duds. Adi with a pinball wizard. Jeremy with a 10 year challenge and a photo of an empty trophy case. Sure. Maybe a little. Uh, to the dust mites at uh, Tottenham. Ultra Ernie with boring, boring Conte. Craig also capturing the Antonio quote of not so high. And then uh, a little bit of a, a somber one to end it out here. But our uh, one of our wonderful listeners and Discord members, uh, Taylor, known to the community Seggy Tiger, uh, his mom passed away, unfortunately, this, uh, this past week here. And uh, he said that one's for mom. That's for mom, rather. So uh, just uh, we're, we're we're thinking about you, Taylor. You know, and you and your family, and uh, glad yeah. that glad that the guys could get a dub here for you and for her. Yeah, the least the least they could do. Obviously, uh, our sympathies and condolences go far beyond this, and just want to share it so that way others can reach out if they know you through social media or the Discord and haven't yet. Uh, I put speak truth, Antonio. Uh, it's always fun when we can talk shit, but when their manager talks shit about their own team, it just it just it's just better, Nick. What about you? It just warms the 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 uh, the soul. That um, <clears throat> it's very cold finally here, so that it's helpful. Uh, I put unexpected. Expected. Uh, this goes for a lot of different things, but particularly the formation, the lineup, and the players starring in this game. All right, and then lastly, Dan. I just wanted to go with a ha 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 
Uh, that was it. Just laughter. I'm going to need to see that typed out to confirm yep. that that was the three-word <clears throat> match yep. review. Felt like more. Felt like more. <laughs> ha, uh, ha, 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 <laughs> All right, Dan, run us through. We have some Apple podcast reviewers and more on the Spotify Army 5.0 list. This is amazing. Well, SMAC35 from the U.S., uh, Heineken79, uh, Josh the Writer from Australia, Silva414 from the U.S., Echo is Whack from the U.K., Devad2002 from Germany, and Jay Leslie from the U.S., who stole the wife's phone. And actually, in the comments, mentioned that he kind of gets a little bit of, uh, I don't know, aggro maybe would be the right term hmm. for playing it in the morning when they're getting ready for work. And uh, he's like... How much more upset at me is she gonna be when she finds out I took the phone for a five star review? So won't even know. look risking marital bliss to leave a five star review. That is the bar that has been set by Jay Lesty. Thank you for that. And Spotify 5.0 on 332 reviews. We are just smashing it over there. So if you haven't yet, leave a Apple Podcast review. Leave a review on Spotify. We appreciate it and helps people find the show. So thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't think I would be interested in listening to us first thing in the morning either, especially with this energy and the way that we go about it. So look, I, I kind of get it. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into it, right? So it was Tottenham Hotspur this past Wednesday, the 5th of January, in the League Cup, also commercially known as the Carabao Cup, uh, at Stamford Bridge, <clears throat> leg one of two, scoreline Chelsea two, Spurs nil, goals coming from Kaya Havertz in the fifth minute, and Ben Davies off his old noggin in the 34th minute with an own goal. So I don't know if the fifth stand's going to have the highlights because there's a cup match, but I'm going to throw it. And if not, you'll get to hear from Jake. So thanks to Chelsea for letting us use their highlights. Go download the app. Here we go. Jaffet Tanganga, and that's short for Emerson. And he's been pinched by Alonso. And he's looking to feed Havertz. And Havertz is in! And Chelsea are in front. Just like that. Kai Havertz will claim it. Whether he got the final touch is up for debate. Oh, lovely lead from Ziyech. Here's Azpilicueta. Looking back post for Havertz. Oh, and the clearance is going to come back for Havertz. He tried to beat Lloris at his near post. Clever effort. And Lloris was equal to it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good effort. He's on target. Oh, oh. it's going to be an own goal. How's your luck, Tottenham? Brilliant delivery from Ziyech. Kane through the wall, good save, Keffer. Got good distance on it too to stop anybody following in. That's an excellent save. Okay, he might have seen it all the way, but he's got to react. The ball into Lukaku as well. He's moved it on one more for Ziyech. On target, but an easy save. Yeah, brilliant play, isn't it? Great ball in from Timo Werner. opening up for the shot. Oh, didn't miss by much, you know. That's a good play, isn't it? Love, love to have seen that fly into the far side netting from Timo Werner. Here's Lukaku. No foul there. It's too strong for Davinson oh. Sanchez. Look at that for a pass. Here's Timo Werner for three. And trying to lift it over Lloris, who was just able to scoop it out the sky. Well, that's the pass we've been waiting for, isn't it, for Mackin Zia? 
Turning Pulisic inside out into the penalty area. Decent cutback, good save, Kepa. What about the rebound? Still it's loose. And eventually hacked away to safety. Oh, Werner, can he find room for a shot? Gave it to Lukaku. The chance he wanted, wasn't it? Maybe a tired swing at the end. Super play, though, by Chelsea. Really did well there. We have been by far the better side. Certainly deserved the win. All right, Dan, lineup time. And be careful. Take your time. I don't want you to trip through this. Ex- unexpect the expected, as a wise one once said. What, you mean a back four? With Kepa between the sticks and Espelicueta, Rudiger, Saar, and Alonso as the defense with Saul and Jorginho as your midfield two. And then Ziyech, Mount, Havertz as an attacking three behind Romelu Lukaku. That's right, the Belgian is back. It was Mateo Kovacic, Christian Pulisic, Timo Werner, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and Harvey Vale who made substitute appearances. Marcus Bettinelli, Ross Barkley, Calum Hudson-Doy, and Lewis Hall, the unused substitutes in this match. All right, some of the top-line stats from this one. Chelsea with 19 shots, 6 on target. To Spurs, measly 5 shots, 2 on target. We had a dominating 64% possession. We had double their passes. We had a pass accuracy of 90%. To their 78%. That is phenomenal, especially with the amount of changes that we made. We had 15 fouls to their 10, one caution to their none, no send offs, one offsides apiece, and five corners to their one. Uh, quite a dominant day. Couldn't pull the XG. Uh, and one random stat that is quite amazing, Dan, is that Tuchel's never lost a semifinal. This was pretty special, I think, when I pulled this one up. Uh, it was the coach's voice. He's a, a really good uh, Twitter follow. Mm-hmm. Got some good videos, too. Steve Holland's and some stuff with them before, among others. But Dortmund, he had a 3-0 and a 3-2 uh, victory. PSG, 3-0, a 5-1, a 3-0, 3-0. And then Chelsea, a 1-0 um, versus City, a 3-1 aggregate versus Real Madrid, and 2-0 versus Tottenham. That's a really great semifinal form i guess form table nick that's a pretty good uh good history there i don't know if you know this dan but to reach a final sometimes you need to win a semi-final and uh look i think that that indicates a very good trend for those who uh and i think us at chelsea expect to be in finals uh whereas tottenham can only hope uh i believe this is a good trend uh for chelsea so let's knock on wood that it that it continues forever and ever and ever any concern that he's only won one two-legged semifinal out of all those? No. All right. No. Well, let's run it then. End pet shithouse moment of the match. Uh, yeah, this this is for a couple of the uh, sliding challenges that, that Saul put in today. Uh, he was all over the place. We'll talk about him in a minute. But I put the end, uh, the end pet shithouse moment of the match is Saul sliding into our hearts because uh, it was great. It was nice. I've never seen so much positive reaction for a guy that people hated literally 20 minutes ago. So, cool. Show, shows how far effort can go. Um, and I think it's been a couple performances building up yeah, to this, but at sure. least he's been consistently taking steps in the right direction, which is great. And they've been in different positions too. So, uh, Joe Tweed's XB, we got the expected bodies here. Rudiger slamming the ball into Sanchez. 
Uh, after was it Sanchez Aspie, or Ndombele? I can't remember. It was Ndombele. You're in, right. In, in, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's Ndombele. Aspie kind of pulled him down. Rudiger saw it coming from a mile away <laughs> and wound up like, have you ever seen him put his foot through a ball like that to clear it before? Not really. It was like so. a mechanical figurine was like pulling back to just spring forward <laughs> with the full force. It was amazing. Well, <sighs> I love him, man. Yeah, he knew what he's doing. So, anyways, uh, that's setting the stage. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, it's all about Tottenham getting battered right on schedule. Uh, thank you to the sponsors for financially supporting the show, as always. And we're back uh, ad free after this. Here we go. All right, another shout out to join us on Patreon and Discord. Uh, I even think I saw a Nick posting last week. It was a little bit weird. I think it was him. I'm not really sure nah, if he got catfished, but. Either way, come hang out with the amazing friends we have on Patreon uh, through our Discord server. Right, maybe more hacked than catfished. Yeah, that would be me getting drawn to the Discord for something that I was really excited about, and instead I someone else imitating you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That's better. And then we have more podcasts this week. We have a Matt Law special. Uh, Chesterfield match review, if you've ever heard of them, might need to do a little Googling uh, before the FA Cup. And uh, sadly, no women's episode because because Nick wanted to sleep in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, and I think this is probably more accurate, <sighs> uh, COVID, COVID got the best of our squad heading into the match against Spurs on Friday. They have not rescheduled that. I don't know if we'll have a women's episode, maybe a special you know, interview or something like that. We'll kind of see, but... For right now, let's plan on no, and if we do have one, it'll be a bonus. Surprise and delight. All right, topic number one, Tottenham get battered right on schedule. Uh, love it that Tottenham are helping Chelsea get back to our winning ways. Uh, it's been a little bit of a rough December, I think we all can agree on. Uh, we did the year in review, right? We talked about how great October was. November was a bit of a mixed bag, and December was tough. We also played the most matches out of any top-flight team in England in that month, Dan. So, you know, we have we have excuses. We have reasons. We have, you know, feelings and thoughts. But uh, Chelsea, taking on Tottenham, wasn't really thrilled. We had a good effort, a uh, good showing to come back from 2-0 down against Liverpool at the weekend. But we knew Tuchel was going to have to make a bunch of changes. Uh, two more cases of COVID hitting the squad right at the last minute. Uh, Tuchel put out a lineup and the lads delivered two matches in a row. Well, both Tuchel and Conte, even with the injury concerns, fielded generally strong lineups. You might argue that Spurs probably from a X out of 11 fielded maybe one or two more kind of in total than we would. Um, but on the day, it was it was fun. <laughs> it was just fun to watch the fact that you know, for the entirety of the first half, Tottenham couldn't find or string together one or two passes to the point of even thinking about, dreaming about this idea of taking a shot or having a shot on target. It was, this is the type of suffocating football this side can play when they're healthy and when they're fit and when they have people who've had rest which you think about, Jorginho got a little bit of rest. Ziyech is coming off of a time away. Saul has had some rest. Um, Saar has kind of been a breaking case of emergency individual. Havertz is kind of getting back up to, to fitness now. And so I think, Nick, when you add all these things together, this side was a little refreshed, even amidst a, quote, injury crisis, unquote. 
and looked more up for it in every 50-50 challenge, every pass, every lost ball than Spurs did the entirety of the match, not just in that first 45 where we basically snuffed them out. I like how Sewell's break in case of emergency, and we've seen him like three times in the last like three and a half weeks. So uh, plenty of emergencies, I guess you could say. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The, the whole thing's been an emergency. <laughs> and it continues to be, frankly. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Uh, raise your hand if at some point in the season you predicted an Aspie, Rudiger, Milan, Saar, Marcus Alonso back, straight back four. Anybody? Anybody? Uh, okay. So that's really interesting. Uh, I, you know, I, I think this was, this kind of picked itself if, if I'm honest. And I, I think if you were going to prioritize one over the other, right. In, in these two matches, one against Chesterfield, one against Spurs in a semifinal, it is no surprise to me that he fielded the stronger lineup today than he might at the weekend. Um, you know, let's just be honest about that. Uh, I, I don't think we're going to lose to Chesterfield anyway, but it wouldn't surprise me if we played basically anyone besides our starters in that match. And, uh, and maybe, maybe that's Lukaku now, you don't know, but, uh, I am, I'm really pleased with the attitude. I think, you know, there are some teams out there that, uh, that we'll talk about in a bit who decide that they can't play, um, and file formal appeals and don't play their matches despite all, all of Chelsea's injuries and COVID concerns, some happening right before kickoff, uh, we fielded a team. We went out there. We did the damn business, and uh, it was clinical. It was high energy. It was at times, I think, the best football we played since Juventus in November. And I, what's there not to like about that? In in a semifinal against Spurs, I, this is uh, every Chelsea fan's banter dream. Is this match? <laughs> you don't put out your strongest eleven. You absolutely batter them. I think we had seventy nine point eight percent possession in the first half, or something like that. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. And every commentator's like, ooh, this isn't very close. <laughs> you know, and if not for, again, some shoddy finishing in the second half, this would be put to bed and we could roll out the U23s for the second leg. I know we would never do that, but just putting the point on it. So it was comprehensive and it was in a different formation. And behold, we can play in different formations with the personnel that we have. Yeah, I think I forgot who tweeted it. One of the journalists, I think it was Naz, said it's good to see Chelsea can still play in a back four. Uh, we're not a one trick pony. We have a little bit of flexibility. Uh, look, beating Spurs through your own all competitions is something that makes you feel amazing as a Chelsea fan. You know, they're on a decent run of form. Tottenham, you know, uh, looks like they've won like three, drew their la- drew two. So out of the last five undefeated. Oh, going wait, wait, it. they won three or four in a row. Print the fucking DVD, my friends. Not in Print a row. Print the DVD. Win, draw, win, draw, win. So, you know. Um, yeah, but the, they were unbeaten in eight, I think, was the stat heading into this one, right? N- not counting the Europa Conference League, to which they lost 3 nothing to Wren. <laughs> yeah, forfeit, yep. But domestically, yes, right? And you could say Chelsea, much more of a mixed bag, right? I saw D- uh, Dan Sills' classic, uh, you know, quote tweeting uh, the Spurs fan account saying that... that the, that Chelsea side tonight is more than beatable. They have completely changed shape as well, up to Spurs. Well, that didn't work out. So then you just kind of take all that into consideration. You say that I bet Spurs fans are way more excited about this than Chelsea fans, but the players delivered. You know, we talk about uh, being unhealthy. We talk about being fatigued and whatnot. The players that went out today really went out with, um, you know, uh, what's weird is like a sharpness, like you said, Nick, uh, 
uh, an edge to them, which mm-hmm. is really hard to pull out of your locker when you're so tired and things aren't necessarily going great. So, Especially after a really, really, really taxing match against Liverpool. I think... You know, not all of these players played the full 90 against Liverpool. I, you know, obviously there was one notable exception of that group. But, yeah. you know, for Mason Mount to go out and deliver another quality performance at, at so soon after a really taxing match against another opponent that he desperately wants to beat, you know, it, like th- there's this, you know, Rudiger the same, you know, Aspi the same. Yeah. There's some really, really gutsy performances out there today. And, you wouldn't know that Chelsea had played two times the matches as Spurs over the last uh, month and, you know, some odd days now. So I, I'm just, you know, I think you just have to be really, really pleased and proud of that performance. It was very good. Spurs playing Watford on Saturday, Chelsea playing Liverpool on Sunday ahead of this. So, um, look, I think it was, you know, uh, no one's complaining here. Everyone is quite, quite happy. Uh, Tuchel's tinkering produces the results, right? So the quote from Tuchel and I love this right from the club's website it says to play back five, you need to have five defenders. We did what? not have five defenders who are used to play maybe once in a back five. Now, hold on. <laughs> Wait a minute. So we decided to I know play Matt the back isn't your four. strong suit, Nick, but th- this is actually this is how it works out. OK, hmm. he said we needed a f- we needed full commitment, open minded squad, which was the case. End quote. Uh, you love to hear it, right? We didn't have five, so we played with four. Uh, but he had a really good point. Open-minded squad. Think of Rudiger playing right center back in a back four next to Malong Sar, who's usually his replacement. Therefore, they never play together. <laughs> uh, and then he's next to Azpin. Alonso's next to Sar. So uh, a lot of you know shuffling. And plus, you throw in a new goalkeeper, right? Kepa being in the mix in the back. So a lot of changes in the back line. So I think to shut out the Spurs... Uh, attack, which obviously it had Harry Kane and Human Song, like and Lucas Mora. It wasn't a bad attack for Spurs, uh, but this team snuffed them out all night, which is which is great. And that's what Tuchel talked about. Danny said, "Quote: We had some moments in defending where we created back five because we did not want the overload on the side with their wing backs. We also played the back five, so we know that it's difficult defending a four. Essentially, players dropping in, offering support." Uh, commitment to the cause. The players were up for the challenge today, and it was it was great. I mean, again. Every single day they go to training, they don't know who's going to be able to enter. And yet they still produce this result on short notice. That was the biggest thing for me in his comments. The one he had to Sky was that after Thiago Silva uh, tested positive, they took the decision to play the back four. And so really, that was not the operating plan coming into this match it was what like a day <laughs> any, before probably at that any point? earlier than yesterday afternoon when they were starting training and to come out and say cool not only are we gonna play um you know we're gonna play rudiger kind of centrally and kind of push him in like i, I like this to me is is a win for tuchel and a win for every member of that defense in particular because they drew the harder of the assignments to play a little bit more out of position. Everyone else kind of ended up somewhere where they typically would be. Maybe Ziyech could be kind of the lone uh, right wing. He was back. like the flex. Yeah. 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 He was he was the pivot. Like um, but beyond that, I mean, I, I just I am so appreciative of how much this guy can get out of players that people would often say, ah, not good enough, not at Chelsea's level, just, you know, not necessarily producing the results. He's an, he's an amazing individual in being able to coach people off Nick. And I think that's what I love about Tuchel. And that's why 
I, I think <laughs> we can go deep in any competition. But he had to earn that respect, Nick, too, to for the players to be open and willing to listen to him. Because they could very clearly be like, the hell are you throwing this in 24 hours before the match? Like, we, we've we not done this in, in well over a year. But the players are very open and responsive to it, which yeah. is the real key to me. Yeah, which shows that they trust him, right? Which is massive. <laughs> and that has not always been the case at our, our beloved club. Uh, and I, I would also say this. For a player like Sar, for a player like Saul, um, and and I would say this about Kepa last year too. It is clear that they are not preferred options. Okay, and what I think is really impressive is that he there had to be a conversation. With with Sar and Saul particularly, I think Kepa kind of knows what his deal is at this point. Where he put a lot of responsibility on them, and like probably had to gin them up and go, "Look, <laughs> there's no one else, <laughs> so you really got to go out there and do a thing today. Like you really got to go perform today." There's and they no did. one else I'd rather have right <laughs> there's now no one else. than you. <laughs> no, actually, just just the first part. Um, but I mean, that is a shit ton of responsibility. There is no other solution. And shit, they might be called upon again this weekend. I would even bet on it that they'd be called upon this weekend to do a similar job because Chelsea's injury crisis and COVID crisis is crazy right now. So I think it is, you know, when you talk about the open mindedness and the responsibility, this performance to me really summed up uh, that kind of. Uh, attitude that responsible. I'm gonna go take my opportunity and put in the best shit possible. And you know, again, you saw. We'll talk about Saul in, in in detail here in a second. But for a guy like that who has been so maligned, right? I mean, this is everyone's least favorite player rolling into the last few matches. Uh, well, which is saying something. Now, now maybe that's up for debate. But. Um, but for him to go out there and just ball out, I mean, that, I think that is a product of, of his relationship with Tuchel and Tuchel, you know, picking his spot to, to gin him up and make him feel like he's the best midfielder in the world, even if we, if we haven't seen that sort of form. So it's, it's super important. And, and again, this is a semifinal against Spurs. You have to go perform. You can't go out there and get beat 3-0. That's not, that's not possible at Chelsea. Yeah, well, and we could talk about it, right? So topic two is Saul good as the subs have a day. The Spaniard, the Moroccan had themselves quite the day, along with a few others, including Saar, you know. he, uh, I think he was, like, in France at the end of the transfer window, and things just didn't materialize, and they had to fly him back to Cobham for preseason. Like, he was as good as gone, and just things didn't fall the way Chelsea had planned, and he had to come back. Uh, so for him to kind of be thrown in this position is probably less than ideal. Um, he's had some good outings. He's played every minute in this competition along with Keppa. And, um, you know, he probably was a little bit on the knife's edge today because he had a great sliding tackle late in the second half, but the linesman called it a foul. Easily could have gotten his second caution sent off, but he didn't, thankfully. So we can talk about how he had a really good day out, uh, was able to, you know, be physical, um, Maybe a little feisty throwing an elbow into Harry Kane's, you know, back of his head. Uh, just let him know he's there, right? Uh, training at the school of shithousery from one Antonio Rudiger, and it's paying off. 
Mm. I really would not want to mess with those two center backs. What a long day out for Harry yeah. Kane and any of the other attackers. If you if you look at the frame, Antonio Rudiger is doing the over the head clap as soon as he does it. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. That a boy. Uh, that a boy. Or maybe I'm not. I don't. I don't know. But uh, no, I, I think. I think he uh, he did his job today, right? In trying circumstances, it wasn't always pretty. I don't think he had an A plus performance by any means. But here's what he did have: a clean sheet, and you know that goes for the entire back line uh, who put in a, a weird shift and and then certainly had more pressure in the second half to deal with in the first half. They barely had to kick a ball in the first half. It was it was nuts. But uh, I, I I'm really pleased for him. His last timeout was not very good um at all so you know this was a nice little bounce back performance for him and i hopefully you know for me dan hopefully he's available this weekend because uh we are short players that is for sure it feels like we're in a period of time where you're going to see a couple of quick back-to-backs for players like sar like saul like zs who have not played a ton as they work others back into uh, fitness, obviously we saw Kai Havertz broke his finger today. Just like, you sure? Oh. Like, you sure? Oh. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Ah. It's just a pinky. He'll be fine. Yeah, um, but it's not supposed. There isn't supposed to be a huge valley in the middle of it. I think is the a point. Forty-five degree turn <laughs> in the middle of it. I don't believe that's the way it's supposed to go. No, thank you. You saw Asby who uh, came off with a cramp. But still hamstrings. You imagine he would probably get some rest here at some point as well. And it, look, we're just we're short. So I, I think uh, we'll probably have to call Phil at Chelsea Youth in for this weekend's match recap because yes. it's probably going to be about twenty new debutants. Um, it's I I don't know. I I feel I'm just I feel good that we saw good outings from from Sar particularly from Saul, who I think, to the point that you were making, Nick, um, may have been one of the more maligned individuals, but uh, contrary to maybe decisions others have made uh, when they are not in form or not in favor, uh, decided to just put his head down and do the work and came out with a good performance, a couple of really clean tackles too, which I enjoyed the most. Uh, yes. A little bit of a slow tackle, like a little faster than some of the Cesc Fabregas tackles. I don't uh, know. I was going to compare them. I, I don't really. You, yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of that where it's like you see it coming from a mile away and he starts that thing so far away and he ends up getting there in the end, but it is not a, it's not an N'Golo Conte quick pick. It is a long endurance type of slide situation. So yeah, it reminded me a lot of Fabregas actually. Okay. Uh, Sewell overall really like breathing some energy into the midfield. We talked about having a lackluster midfield performance and, and really just down to minutes uh, but thankfully, he's able to provide something different for this team. And we realized that just an engine offers a lot. And it's one of those things where Tuchel's like, here's a chance, man. Like, go go add some value. Go prove yourself worth it. And, and he did. You know, Tuchel calling uh, Sewell, Malong, and Hakim out. They called them outstanding because they didn't play a lot in the last games. To come in and play a huge semifinal against Tottenham, we know what it means to our fans to play this game. It was impressive. 
Uh, I loved it. Squawka football, even breaking it down by numbers. You know, if you get the Squawka game by numbers, you've done well, son. Sure. You've done well. So, so in the guess is game by numbers versus Tottenham. 100% long ball accuracy. Love that from a, a double pivot. 89% pass accuracy overall. 69 touches, 55 passes, six tackles, most. Three interceptions, tied for most. Two shots, two chances created, dominating in the midfield. So again, well, it's just and, it's good, and, and I would good just to see that put, stock rise, Nick, is all I want to say is the fact that like he had a yeah. couple iffy outings. He's had to play left wing back, which was probably rubbing salt in the wound of him leaving at Letty to run away from that. Um, but he's had a couple of uh, improving performances in the midfield at a time where we freaking need some depth. Yeah, I mean, not only the energy, but I think the him and Jorginho double pivot is super interesting for me, Dan, because both are capable of receiving the ball from the back line. And yeah. it instead of Spurs being able to key in on Jorginho because they know he's the focal point of of kind of the midfield and, and will turn and create attacks. They, it, it was clear that their midfield and particularly Hoybier, who I rate very highly, and I think he's a quite a good player, really struggled to pick up on the patterns of, of play. And uh, I, you know, not, in addition to that, the thing I think we did not like about Saul's early performances is he was really slow to make decisions he was making very quick fire decisions today, and that was moving the ball through Spurs midfield at lightning pace, which then opens up Kai, it opens up Mason, it opens up Ziyech, and then uh, you know, on some long balls opened up Lukaku. And that is all when Chelsea have played their best this year, it's when they moved the ball quickly, and he did a very good job of that. Yeah, it was uh, it was Vibes FC for a little bit out there with some <laughs> of the <laughs> quick back and forth action, the ones and twos. Uh, Ziyech in particular kind of transitioning from Saul's performance. Ziyech delivered two of the most insane crossfield passes oh. I think we've ever seen. And the fact that neither resulted in a goal is a tragedy. Like some type of terrible type tragedy here that Shakespeare could write an absolute epic about would. Uh, oh, my gosh. Like. The, the Lukaku one in particular, I think, was maybe more egregious. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here. No, I'm 0% having that. The one to Werner is far more ridiculous than the one that Lukaku missed. That thing is a 40-yard dart that he put on his foot. All Timo has to do is go left and, and just slide it in or chip the goalkeeper, neither of which he did. He hits it right at Lloris, who makes a kind of good save, but... Get out of here, please. For the love of God. That pass is insane. I mean, that should, if he makes that goal, that pass would be up there for me with the Cesc Fabregas against Burnley. Mm, yeah. It was that good. Like, I mean, I've never seen a player hit a ball. Like, it's like a stinger in golf. Like, he hits it so low and with so much force that you start to see it rise like right at the end. And it's just like, wh who are you? <laughs> How is it possible to do that? I mean, goalkeeper, I know goalkeepers who kick the ball long, who can't do that. It is wild. So, uh, yeah, he played all right. Uh, very frustrating finishing though, I would say for him. Yeah. And I think the downside with Hakim Ziyech is that you get those amazing moments on the ball where he has time. Um, but he's just fragile. You saw him like towards the end, kind of put a tackle in. Anytime there's a coming together, he kind of hobbles out of it, 
look, dude just doesn't like a tackle. And that's fine, right? Everyone's built differently. Um, but I think that's like the one thing you're like, oh, shit. Like, is he going to finish this game or is he going to have to come off with another bruise or, you know, whatever like knock that he tends to get a lot in these games? So I think that partially affects him too. He doesn't want to get involved in too many tackles because he's going to lose them. Um, but again, he was nicknamed the wizard for a reason. He can pull things out that no one has any business doing on a football pitch. Uh, and it's amazing. So, uh, four chances created one being one of the most unbelievable passes, uh, that we can see. So hopefully he gave Timo some stick in the locker room afterwards. Cause, uh, his stats were great today. Uh, Squawk has Boy. said he was at right wing back. Nah. Uh, kind of, Look, he was freelancing. Yeah. You know, he, he wanted to go someplace on the pitch. He took his talents there. He wanted to go take his talents to South Beach. He could go there as well. It really was whatever he felt like today. He kind of got to do. It was it was also interesting to kind of see, like, in the first half in particular, because we were just living in their half the entire time. And, it, like, when Lukaku wanted to go out on the wing, uh, he would actually go inside and play, like, kind of a reserve center forward or, like, a... Uh, a, you know, kind of a pulled back version of what I guess Firmino does. And it, it, it was just a kind of, yeah, like Dan said, it, very freelancing, very just kind of vibes FC, <laughs> do what you got to do, let's go. Well, his attack was really good, but also his defense on Darty was really good as well. Like that was a good battle kind of all day long. And I That I dude sucks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually bad. When he was at Wolves, he was so good. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the dip is real. Ben Davies, not buying of, that dip. The level of the Doherty is not so good. Ben, ben Davies is pretty bad too, so that was funny to watch because they shipped out Kieran Trippier for him. Yep. Hmm. Mm. All right. Um, so also, I don't know if you guys know this in topic three, but Alonzo hates Tottenham. Huh. Well documented. Oh, yes, he does. Well, well huh. documented. Uh, actually, probably obnoxious that he didn't score today. He'll he'll be ruining that because Squawka broke it down. Uh, this is just the first half, by the way. So uh, most touches, 63. Most passes, 55. Most aerial duels, 1-2. And most assists, 1. Again, that's a half. Uh, 63 touches in a half, okay? Um, mm-hmm. That's about 10% of all of them that we had in the entire match. So uh, 55 passes as well. That, that, I mean, he was heavily, heavily involved. But when you have space down the flank, you might as well exploit it. So um, the only thing he was missing, Dan, was a free kick from the left side of the box. Oh, I know. And, and really, they only gave us one true shot and opportunity, and it just didn't come off. Uh, but, you know. Take the assist. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if actually I credit him with the assist or Havertz with the assist, uh, <laughs> because uh, that one was also... Uh, I Havertz mean, got anyway. credit for the goal, though, right? So Yeah, I mean, but really... All right, whatever, curmudgeon. Gosh, I, 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 I just, you know, I'm just, you know, saying. Um, but yeah, great, great ball from him. Um, good to see him uh, perform. I think, thankfully for us, um, you know, uh, Royale uh, Lucas not really interested in bothering him too much at all. <laughs> So he had an opportunity to just be so far forward. Uh, but credit to him, you know, snapping back when he needed to a couple of times in the second half. But in general, not bothered. And Alonso not bothered with defensive responsibilities can be an absolute havoc on the other side of the pitch, Nick. And that's what we saw today. He was not bothered as a left back, which is like, you know, they, you know, they did try to go at him when they finally got the ball in the early second half. It was like all going down Royale's side. 
and and that he was the only one. And then for whatever reason, I stopped doing that, uh, and I don't know why. And then it was up to Ben Davies to try and uh, cross, like get the ball past Espelicueta, who was in full like lockdown D mode, He's like hips to defense. the ground. He's got his hands yeah, up. Like. I was like, yeah, fucking get him as if you loved it. It was great. And like you're on the other side, like go away, like leave <laughs> me alone. I remember at the end of the game, Davies, I think put in two crosses as he blocked both of them. And then he had to turn back and as was like right up his backside as well, like not even yeah. going to let him play the drop. This is probably too soon, Brandon, but it's like that annoying guy in rec basketball who can't shoot, so all he does is guard. I know this person intimately because it's me. Me too. And uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that's basically what Dave was like. Dave was doing like the pound in the ground, yeah. oh, like yeah. come get come get it. Yep. Yeah, no, that, that was so. his way of scoring today. Um, uh, Lukaku, uh, we've actually gone this long and haven't really talked about him <laughs> minus the lineup. Uh, after we talked a lot about him and his amazing remarks, uh, mm. I won't say one way or another, uh, he has come out, Nick, with a very professional apology. Yeah, some, I forget who it was. I have to go find this person and credit him, but they, I think, oh, Scotty Hader, I think, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, did an incredible rendition of it uh, on Twitter yesterday. If you're interested in a little uh, comedy, perhaps. Head on over to his page and, and dig it up. I mean, look, uh, we we haven't talked about this because it's just kind of like, I don't know. For me, it was we checked the boxes. We got he got fined. Uh, he got dropped for a game and he made a public apology. I, at this point, you know, whether I am fully buying everything that he said or not is uh, something I will keep with me, although if you know me at all, you can probably guess where my brain is at on that. Uh, but look, at, at the end of the day, those are the three things that need to happen. That's what we talked about last week with Tweeds, right? So those things happen now. And he played today partly because we needed him to and partly because uh, I think it was a nice way to show his former uh, manager that you know he plays for us and not for anyone else. So don't even bother uh, knocking on this door. Uh, and I thought he played okay. I mean, it did kind of seem in the first half like the players were not passing him the ball. Uh, I don't know if that was on purpose or not, but uh, he missed the best chance of uh, the ones that Werner didn't miss. Uh, so, and I, I mean, I, I'm that header he has to put in. I mean, that's him all day. That's him back post. No one jumping with him. All he has to do is put the ball in frame and it probably gets past Larice. Like that to me is just uh, it it would have done him the world of good to put that away. That's all I'm gonna say about that. And then the rest of the match he was kind of okay. He provided an outlet. He had a couple of like half chances, Dan. This wasn't like a vintage Lukaku performance by any means. Some good things I think we saw is some of the flexibility you know pulling himself out to the wing kind of dragging defenders out of position versus being kind of a static central forward so that was nice to see a couple of times where he was able to uh, roast a spurs defender there was one time in particular where he like uh took took the guy to the streets and basically like did the uh the little chip left over and now i'm gonna bypass you completely and the only way you're beating me is you're now pulling me to the ground uh, that was great to see. So th- that was nice. I think he 
will repay or uh, rekindle the love of supporters with goals. As uh, So as soon as he can score one, Brandon, I think that would be a, a really, really nice touch because that's now all we really want to see from uh, our big belt. Missed a hell of a chance with his head, that shiny bald head of his. Didn't miss by much. Uh, but that was a chance that you would expect he would score normally. Dude, bro took Davidson Sanchez by the jersey and just pushed yeah. him down, okay? Yeah. All Sanchez <laughs> yeah. could do was look at him and was like, really? That's what we're doing today? And was like, no smoke. I'm out. Like, uh, Yeah. That was uh, that was sure something, wasn't it? I, I mean, it's honestly a foul on him. You can't really do that in a game. Maybe like but, offensive uh, pass interference type of thing. It was, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, it was a show of strength, I will say, because Sanchez is actually a pretty strong guy. I always used to get him and Eric Bailly mixed up because they yeah. play similarly, and I think they play on the same side. And they're both, like, way stronger than they look. And Big Rom just like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> see ya. Yeah, I mean, San- Sanchez is from South America, so I'm sure he doesn't see too many people like uh, Big Rom running around uh, down there. But uh, uh, that, w- that was fun. So I-, I just will touch on that. But, yeah, I mean, overall, um, not bad, um, not perfect, you know, but I think we're, like, leaning towards better than, than negative, you know, especially with some of the runs and his ability to be an outlet. Um, you know, I think Hockham and-, and Mason and Kai and the different players that were in there today – uh, definitely, I think, enjoyed working off of him, and it created a lot of dynamism in the attack that Spurs really didn't have much to to, to run with in that sense. A lot of times that he created space for the, the players to run to, I think about the ball that Alonzo crossed in towards the end, right? Uh, ben Davies left the back post to double-team Rom, left Hakim wide open on the back post. He just, you know, leaned back a little too far on his side volley and uh, put it into row m not zed m I, I think i think that was actually his his other good moment was that nice little layoff to ziesh who did absolutely nothing with it um that was uh that was a nice flow of play that we had coming from left to right and it's exactly the type of goal that i would score in fifa almost every single time but uh that's because i'm really really talented guys a good qualifier um, there the goal i would yeah. score <laughs> dot 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 in fifa uh, yeah my yeah. thumbs uh, yep. Dan, we didn't talk about Ruben, but I just wanted to touch on him real quick and the fact that he did make an appearance. We haven't seen him a while. He was showing very good signs early in the season, and we lost him yet again. And you're like, fuck, like classic Ruben Loftus cheek luck. Made a hundredth appearance for his boyhood club, and he's a small man child now. So, like, oh, how the young have grown up. A small man child? Um, yeah, congratulations to Ruben for uh, getting back out there. 100 appearances is great, particularly when you think about the fact that he is. Uh, probably uh, has a similar volume or a third of that volume at both Palace and at uh, Fulham. Um, so, you know, obviously his senior career probably hasn't gone in the trajectory that he hopes it would have, but uh, always great to see him get minutes, get on the pitch, and uh, just, you know, again, the the hope and the flame burns eternal for Ruben Loftus-Cheek to capture some of the magic that we've seen uh, in previous times there. And guess who's going to play on Saturday? Step on up, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Saul, your midfield duo for for this weekend's match. I am pretty sure that is the the uh, the case of of what will happen there. Um, yeah, man. I, we, at the beginning of the season, did we think that he would reach this mark this year? Nope. No. Nope. 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 
So, I mean, I think there's just a lot to be really happy about. Um, his next step is to get that goal threat back. Um, you know, if he's gonna if he's gonna freelance a little bit in the midfield and and stuff like that, he needs to he's in, needs to really get in with goal contributions, both assists and goals. And I really want to see him get that kind of from the left side kind of curler to the right corner shot back in his system because god when he did that uh that 18 19 season it was something to behold it was beautiful um so yeah i'm really happy for him and want him to kick on and there are plenty of matches for him to play in uh coming up <laughs> so let's let's hope that he gets a few minutes is able to let conte kovacic and Jorginho rest and that, that these two in midfield saul and uh Ruben Loftus-Cheek can provide some much-needed rest for those beleaguered midfielders. Depth. That's all we want is a little of our depth back. Uh, we'll touch on in a second. Dan on the match versus Spurs. I know who I'm voting for to you. Eyes emoji. <laughs> Sneaky Dan. Well, oh, Dan. with 63%, it was Saul who won the hearts and minds and affection of the Dan the Match voters. It was Ziesch with 18% in second place. And of course, own goal makes a triumphant <laughs> return. The Chelsea admin too afraid to put it in their poll. We're not cowards like they are. 16% for own goal in the Dan the Match poll and Alonzo with 3%. Uh, no surprises here whatsoever. I, I feel really bad for Kai because I think Kai was on on his way to a man of the match performance as well prior to getting his finger absolutely could have had uh, a second goal too. Yep, caught caught in the mangle as they would say. Um, so uh, I I hope I hope he's okay and is able to play through the pain a little bit because if he's able to get on form and start scoring goals more regularly, um, I know we made the joke about five goals in the second half of the season. I want that up closer to to nine, 10 goals, uh, through the end of the year. Uh, I think that's a real weapon for us and, and hopefully him and Lukaku can finally get a chance to play together in gel at some point this year. I mean, I think this is only the second time or third time they play together. I mean, and it's January 5th, like that's wild. I mean, when they started against Liverpool in August, we were like, Oh shit, this is going to be amazing. Like these two, the entire time, incredible. Hasn't really happened since, so get back, Kai. Again, tape will fix it. He's yeah, fine. Just, just wear the mitten thing like they do in the press. All right, well, friend of the pod, uh, Fady, dropping some well-researched homework here, Nick. Uh, Tarakidis. Yeah. What's up? Talking about injuries uh, and how the fact, you know, kind of comparing this to City, Liverpool, you know, some of the other the other teams in the league. And I mean, this is this is massive. I don't even think I realize the extent of this. Yep. So he did this thread and tagged us in it. So you can go check this out uh, on. We retweeted it, too. OK. Yep. Cool. So it's there. Uh, comparing City and Chelsea's injury crisis. Uh, the summary is, since October 16th, City have lost eight players across 15 matches, and Chelsea have lost 17 players across, get this, a combined 86 matches. Uh, so that is pretty fucking wild. And the the numbers are actually even greater than that because he didn't have Mount for his uh, missed wisdom teeth games in here. So it's probably another couple, so let's just say that he was very, very close. Chilwell, 
12, Werner 11, Kovacic 11, Lukaku 10, Conte 6, Pulisic 5, Loftus-Cheek 5, Havertz 4, Chalaba 4, Christensen 4, Hudson-Odoi 3, Reese James 3, Silva 2, Ziyech 2, Jorginho 2, Rudiger and Alonso 1 each. And that those were like stated injury games, like, you know, you're on the injury report type of, of thing. So not just you weren't picked uh, in the lineup or whatever. So uh, if you're wondering how bad the injury crisis at Chelsea is right now, it's bad. Uh, and to lose N'Golo and Thiago for another five to seven to ten days, potentially, and let's hope that their symptoms are mild like mine were, uh, you know, you're not going to have them there for a couple more each. So um, for the love of God, let's get some uh, so a left and a right back and as soon as humanly possible, please. You good, Dan? Dr. Dan? Oh, well, I'm uh, not a doctor. So <laughs> first thing to keep in mind, but in general, like when you look at that and you just reflect upon it, I think it makes me more appreciative of the players who continue to make themselves available. Rudiger in particular, like the appreciation this season, I think has reached a newfound level. The shithousery has been like it's on another planet at this point the dude is just uh, fired a rocket ship into space and i have no idea how far it's gonna go but it's incredible but the fact that he is playing every single minute leader in minutes for the team now this season uh and has an extra 90 now probably above 92 above mendy in all competitions is pretty wild you just got you got to get the contract done. You got to get the contract done, and you got to get it secured. Like I, to me, if you're giving me the option between Christensen or Rudiger today, like pen to paper, which one am I choosing? It's it's Rudiger. Like he's just so critical to what we're trying to do here, and it just makes one thing super easy. And you know, Nick, you you had something else you wanted to say, so I'll, I'll pass it back. No, I mean th- that was that was a good tail point. The, the reason that we brought this up is because there are other teams who claim to have injuries and COVID cases who uh, got their matches postponed, um, and uh, it does make you appreciate players like Jorginho, like Kovacic, uh, you know, Hudson Odoi coming back and playing as much as he did right after COVID. Um, same with Lukaku for those couple of matches before he went and did something absolutely stupid. Um, and Pulisic coming back from injury and playing in eight different positions and like all like they're gutting it out right now is all we're saying and they're and they're doing it on fumes with no backups and Harvey Vale plays in a semifinal today because uh, Asby goes down injured right I mean it is raise your hand if you had two appearances for Harvey Vale heading into the season I don't even think Phil from Chelsea Youth did I mean this is you know, it's just wild. And yeah, the, the context is that Liverpool get, you know, submits an appeal. Chelsea submitted a similar appeal uh, to uh, the FA for the uh, uh, quarterfinal against Brentford denied. Uh, don't worry about it though, because three weeks later, we're going to give that same thing to Liverpool uh, for uh, their Thursday match against Arsenal, which has been canceled uh, because of COVID-19 and player availability. So Dan, you tell me, what am I missing here? Well, I, I did pull that uh, there is a non-fulfillment of fixtures piece. So uh, James Pierce, who covers Liverpool for The Athletic, uh, wonderful, I imagine, co-worker to our friends uh, Simon Liam. But uh, there are 
competition rules that allow for games to be rearranged due to COVID if they don't have enough players available. Uh, also, weren't Salah and uh, and Mane just with this group of players and now have been sent to another country to play in a competition, uh, potentially, you know, having had some exposure to members of the squad uh, who are now not unavailable, not available. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's you want safety. I think the issue tends to be the transparency from it and understanding, like, how many Liverpool players? What was the kind of type of exposure? How many you know, academy players who were not exposed to that group of players would be available to be promoted. Like, I, you know, I, I saw some people like, well, you can't talk about player safety if you then want under 23 players to play who may have been exposed. And I would say, yes, that is accurate. We should not want that. What we should want is if there are under 23 players who have not been exposed, who are not a part of necessarily the bubble, but you then have the coaching staff and players available from that total, then you should force it to go forward. Because this actually now is... And I, I hate it. I hate them saying this, but this kind of fucks Arsenal over. Like, Arsenal are the losers in all of this. In that, yeah. you know, they now have a, a compressed fixture kind of result to to think about too. And look, I, I never want to be on Arsenal side, Brandon, but that's where I am right now. It's not good. Yeah, I mean, classic. Well said. I, no, it's like it's the, it's the classic <laughs> situation get of where like I think us just. Um, you know, getting it over with and doing it is great. And then when you get these like wins with all this stuff swirling around, you're like, wow, like this is actually even better now because I mean, we, we look at our schedule and like, holy shit, you know, they had matches put off. We still have it. We still think it's coming thick and fast. Granted we're bigger clubs. We have club world cup and, you know, some other things going on that they don't, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I'd like to think that this is going to help us in the long run in the season, especially when we're neck and neck with Liverpool now. Um, they're especially if they have any success in the Champions League, they're going to be in a huge world of hurt uh, come March and April. Well, I mean, it's just, and I am sure. Well, actually, I'm not sure, but I would hope that this isn't the case. But it just feels like if Liverpool submit an appeal, it gets granted. If Chelsea submit an appeal, it doesn't. And that is in and of itself ridiculous. And, you know, you add that to the fact that they had the VAR ref removed recently, that, that you know, Jurgen Klopp is always in the media. A guy that, frankly, I like, by the way. I think Jurgen Klopp is good for, for the English game and has produced some really good football at Liverpool and I think is generally a good guy. Um but it just it just doesn't smell right to me. And I, again, if it is truly a case, right? And we said this for ourselves, so we have to remain consistent. And, and like Dan said, apply the rule across to everyone else. If it is truly a case of they don't have enough players that they could field, fair enough. But I would have argued that Chelsea were in a similar boat multiple times last month and were not given the opportunity yeah. to have matches canceled, postponed, or whatever. And that just sucks. And it probably hurt us. It hurt our players in subsequent matches, having to gut it out and play extra minutes and all that stuff. And it's just like, I don't know. I just hate it. Player safety. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been a little wild on Twitter, cock, talking about this Liverpool bias. I mean, it's bullshit. It's in the media. It's now in the Premier League. It's on the FA. It's on the EFL. I mean, it's, it is whatever. I mean, this journalist, James Pierce, can say whatever he wants. His freaking handle is James Pierce LFC. And he's trying to say that Liverpool aren't asking for special treatment. I mean... Okay, like, sure, 
maybe not this time, but what about the other four times? You know, it's like Klopp asks and he shall receive when the rest of us are sitting here holding the bag, you know? And it's also United, like, Spurs, Arsenal, all gotten it. You, you know, you know what they're what they're really trying to do is just delay, delay, delay until they get their two best players back. Like, that's how it feels. And whether or not that's true or not, that's just how it feels to me. Uh, I don't know. It sucks. Stacking the deck. We call it Nick. You're stacking the deck in your favor. So anyways, uh, let's end on the high note, right? Pummeled Spurs 2-0, smashed them at home, uh, sets us up great for the away leg. Really wish we weren't doing away legs in this fucking competition, but here we are. So Sure. Um, awesome. Super excited. Super fun. So, again, it's uh, FA Cup at the weekend, right? Put, taking on Chesterfield. Um, going to need to get the old map out for that one, see where they're at. And then we play Spurs again and then Man City. So it's going to be um, an interesting next three matches in the next eight days or so. So, uh, as always, Chelsea fans, buckle up. Enjoy the ride. Uh, glad that we are on an upswing after Liverpool and Spurs and hope we continue to do the business of the weekend. So anyways, more pods coming at you this weekend. Uh, really excited to talk to Matt Law again tomorrow. I've missed the last few, so uh, definitely going to... Chesterfield. Here we go. Uh-oh. Ready? Uh, on the map. So until next time. Uh, s- southeast of Manchester. Heard of it. Uh, straight north of Derby. Frank Lampard's home. Uh, old old uh, stomping grounds. Rooney's there. Uh it's like triangulated between Manchester, Leeds, and Derby. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so it's basically a center of terror. North, north of of, of Matt Laws, Birmingham. So there you go. That geography one hundred and one fools. Well, what's up? Good news. It's at Stamford Bridge, so you don't have to worry about it. But at least you know where they're yeah. coming from. Uh, the shitty, shitty north. Anyways, uh, more episodes this week. Hope you enjoy. It. <laughs> Hope you enjoy this one again. Celebrate. Uh, beating Spurs is a great feeling. You shouldn't uh, suppress any of the emotions, the positive ones at least. So until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.